evening and welcome to another edition of Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. I've got AJ, I've got Jonathan Astro. How the fuck's your day been so far? Good. Aggressive. Look, I... I <laughs> why <laughs> didn't we... Why don't we get the how? Do you only do the how when you don't do the intro? <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've got, I've got a, a different more cinematic how that I was going to, that I did a couple of weeks <laughs> you ago. You didn't think it through, did you? <laughs> you, didn't, you were like, no, I did. Wait, no, but you did. So you were going to do the how and you, you didn't. No, I've, I've done like the how, then the cinematic how, then the how, then this one's going to have like the more cinematic how. So I don't know. It's, it's one on, one off. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. I like it. Anyway. I think I don't think you should cut any of that out. Leave that for the, for the <laughs> listeners, people. Who, well, in answer to your question, I'm I'm good. Um, this is the last of our uh, spooktacular this year. Yeah. I'm sad. Well, you know, if you go on Instagram, people, it's getting to the point where I want to be like William Shatner and say, okay, like you know, the party pooper, and just say that's, that's enough. enough. That's, that's enough. enough. Okay. Well, you know, what we have on the on the horizon triple Xmas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sounds great! <laughs> yes, we should totally watch like you know old school porn movies. Oh, I thought you were talking about Vin Diesel. Oh. So where we only oh. watch the, the, the return of Xander Cage. <laughs> that's not a good idea. <laughs> well, um, so well, actually, it is Halloween, and uh, around my area, people take have taken this very, very seriously. I don't know why. I have no idea. Did you buy candy? I did. I was out of fear. Good. Because I was like, oh, I just didn't want to be awkward, like where the kids go, treat, go, treat. But we bought all this candy and, uh, well, I'll say, you know, just a bunch of chocolate and whatever. No one came. Uh, (laughs) And they just walked past. And and I think it was just a big ruse for Katie to fill up the house with chocolate. Oh, Oh, so you didn't run after kids or anything? No, no, no. I think that might get me in. Um, in a bit of trouble, but um, <laughs> well, do you, do you remember what Halloween used to be like back in our day before anyone in Australia used to do it? I, I think I went trick or treating once as a kid and came back with like one apple. Yeah, it was well, grim. It was because baby boomer parents hate Halloween. They do. They, they do. They hate Halloween. They, That's true. Like even now, I'm sure they'd be like, "We oh, got bloody American, but that's bloody American." And you go, um, they're sitting there with. An Apple iPhone, wearing uh, nice Nikes, sitting in a fucking American <laughs> car, you know, like, and you just go, you don't care about any of this. Why do you care about Halloween so much? Mm. You know? So, anyway, um, it was yeah, it was weird. So that's that's Halloween tonight. Demons, nineteen eighty five, Lamberto Barba. I always like to know, just out of interest, is this the first time you you guys have seen this movie? First viewing. I've, uh, this is maybe my second or third viewing. Yeah. Went through a period a few years ago of checking out some Italian cinema. So, so yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it a few times, uh, over the years. Um, I think, uh, Sheila might've even seen it back in the day. Like, like really? when it, when it sort of was on the new release, uh, shelf. Oh, wow. Um, and it would have been a, quite a terrifying experience. I, I imagine. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning. 
if you have the courage to see demons sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons and who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. All right. Well, I've got a synopsis for you now. This try and stay with me. I don't know why this is the longest synopsis um, <laughs> for a movie where not much happens. Like, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. You're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to stick with me. Okay. <laughs> so it's an average night in Berlin. Cheryl, a young music student, is given a complimentary golden ticket from a scary-looking man in a half-steel mask to attend a movie premiere at a refurbished cinema called the Metropole. Uh, she convinces her friend Kathy to join her, and the girls pop along to have a fun night out. So the other attendees, it's quite a diverse group. Uh, there's a pure-hearted young couple. There's a pimp and his two, what do we call them, bottom bitches? <laughs> AJ, is that what they're called? Or? That is yeah. correct. Okay. <laughs> and uh, a blind man and his horny niece along with many others. Oh, okay. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, look, save it. Just save it. Okay. So. One of these prostitutes goofs around and tries on what she thinks is a promotional demon mask, you know, for the film that they're all going to see. She looks awfully similar to the mask worn by the guy who was handing out the invites. Anyway, she gets a small cut on her face from the uh, the mask and uh, everyone takes their seats and the movie begins. Cheryl and Kathy, that's our two girls who've, who've attended this premiere, are also in the sights of a couple of uh, preppy boys who sit next to them and begin to get a bit handsy. Uh the film on screen is a typical horror film with some silly teens exploring an old tomb when perhaps they shouldn't. They find an old book with another mask, which again looks a lot like the one we've seen before. The teen in, in the film within the film gets uh, cut on a face on his face. And around about now, our main prostitute goes to the bathroom to attend to her own wound in, in uh, real life uh, of the film, uh, which won't stop bleeding. In the bathroom, the wound gets uh, bad real quick and it pulses and explodes with ooze. Uh, the other prostitute goes to check on her wounded friend and is hor- horrified to find that she's become a fully-fledged demon, complete with glowing slime and jagged teeth. The demon attacks the prostitute, slashing up her neck uh, before she escapes. This second prostitute is now almost immediately starting to turn into a demon. Uh, she bursts through the movie screen into the pack cinema, uh, and uh, that's when chaos really ensues. The crowd being randomly attacked as they scramble to the doors to exit. They're horrified to discover that the exits have been bricked up magically, so there's no escape. So here we go. The pimp takes charge and tells the other tells everyone that the movie is to blame for the curse, uh, that they're all suffering, and he leads everyone to the projection booth uh, and they smash up the projectors, but this does nothing. This is where we cut to the, some street toughs uh, cruising the streets of Berlin, <laughs> doing coke and sort of needling each other. Uh, we sort of cut back and forth between those people and the people in the cinema. Uh, our pimp is killed and the crowd barricades themselves in the stalls, but it's no use and the demons get him once again. It's on and pretty much everyone is killed by the demons. Uh, meanwhile, uh, our street toughs have also uh, infiltrated the cinema uh, and, and sort of picked off one by one. 
Cheryl uh, and Preppy George turn out to be our hero and heroine. Uh, George actually turns out to be a bit of an alpha male, um, and he has his moment when he rides around the theatre on a motorcycle, slashing up the demons with a samurai sword. Kathy and George escape to the roof uh, after a helicopter inexplicably smashes through the ceiling, and <laughs> they duke it out with the steel mask-wearing guy from the start. They kill him um, and discover that, unfortunately, the world has been overrun with demons. A gun-toting family rescues George and Kathy, but it turns out Kathy uh, got bit and she's now also a demon. Um, she gets shot with a shotgun at uh, the end. <laughs> That's the end of the movie. That's the end of the podcast. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so what wasn't Cheryl the final girl? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I fucked up. <laughs> all right yeah yeah cheryl is the, is the final girl. okay i love that you were i i blanked out and you were listening so intently to that synopsis you're like hang about hang about wasn't it cheryl and it's like yes it was I, well I, it, it helps that cheryl's super hot yes oh, yeah she's hot that's true this is true facts but um so I, yeah i don't know why it it felt like i needed to cover it in such detail but there it is. So, what was uh, what? Well, AJ, we should start with you. What was your what was your hot take? I really liked it. I had a great time. That's great. I had I had a lot of fun. I liked the green slime. Um, <laughs> I just loved it. A real sort of party horror movie. Yeah, I loved the freaks. The um, the guys driving around. Oh, that was the street. That was fun. yeah. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. I was kind of didn't know where it was going to go at the start, and I actually found felt that way a few times during the movie. <laughs> uh, like like the people but making the movie were a bit dangerous. Yeah, like the helicopter. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of those things where you feel like they had a helicopter left over in another movie or something, and they're like, Seriously? "Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just around the way, they're shooting a war film with a helicopter. We can get, we can get, you know, we can get that helicopter." And it's like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> like I thought, the street toughs were going to save everyone, yes. and then mm. they didn't, and then all of a sudden we see a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh? How how did that helicopter even? Because it's implied that. It, it crashes, but it seems to crack the ceiling very slowly, like it's been mm. parked up there for oh. a long time and it just falls through. Well, yeah, okay. It should have come through in one <laughs> blast, you know. Yeah, it should have. But, the, again, I think I feel like there's a couple of columns in this movie, you know. There's, there's, there's stuff they took so seriously and was detailed and, and really cool. And then there was a lot of stuff that was, you know, um, Half baked or not really thought out, yeah. <laughs> or they yeah. didn't really care about it. And I feel yeah. like how that helicopter goes in that <laughs> part, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's the stamp of Argento on this film. Yes. You know, I mean, all of all of Argento's films are like this, where there's amazing detail put into certain aspects, but then there's just certain things that are just so shitty about them that that in a way that that makes them almost more memorable, you know. So, well, so for context, we're talking about Dario Argento, who's a famous uh, horror producer and director in from Italia, and he is, you know, although he's the the producer and just one of the co-writers on this film, he's it's sort of one of those situations where you really feel his presence on this film. You know, even though Lamberto Barba, another another uh, director, has directed it, and you know, sort of had the the main 
duties here, you really do feel it still feels like an Argento movie for some reason. You know, maybe it's a lot of his collaborators are in it and whatnot, like the music and things like that. Mm. Yeah, his daughter's in it too. Ah, uh, yes, Fioria. Mm. Uh, Argento. She plays Hannah. Yes, uh, he he. Fa- Argento famously, you know, casts his daughters in in uh, in his films, and the most awkward one is in a film called uh, Phantom of the Opera, and um, Asia Argento uh, is in it, and. There's so Dario Argento's directing it, and there's a scene where the, the lead guy, like Julian Sands, I think is playing the Phantom or whatever. I think I think that's the scene. Anyway, it just turns out that what we've got is Argento behind the camera filming his daughter getting railed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're a bit like, and you just you're just sitting there squirming in your seat, going, "Oh, they do it differently in Europe." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Dude, he's just proud of his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's awkward stuff, eh? Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So yes, Argento. I feel like this is this this film is it. It's a strange film. I think AJ, what you said is correct. It's very fun. Um, it's a, it's for me. It's a triumph of of attitude. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's got it, just like a lot of Argento films. It's 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 got it preferences feelings and emotion over logic. Uh, and that's why his films, his best films, uh, are so scary and so interesting. Is that, you know, sometimes he'll just go, "I don't really care," you know, <laughs> about the logic. I like the imagery, or I like, you know, and 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 this movie does that too. It's it's got it prefers imagery over exposition, although there is a lot of shitty exposition. Um, it's the reason we get probably one of the best scenes in the well, a couple of the images stick in your mind, like. Uh, that 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 gang of demons that like sort of coming up a ramp with glowing mm. eyes, you know, or the the motorcycle scene, which I think is just I I love the scene that leads up to the girl uh, breaking through the cinema screen. Ah, uh, yes, I love Ooh. all that. Well, originally they 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 said, and this was maybe in some of the material you sent over. Uh, they said that they were they'd heard that uh, the Purple Rose of Cairo, Woody Allen films coming out the same year, which, which is a great one of Woody Allen's best films. Similar theme of of uh, you know something on a screen coming off the screen, you, you know, out of out of the out of that the, the cinema world into the real world. And so when they heard that, they sort of changed this movie. They were going to have the demons like literally come off the screen. Oh. But then they went, no, let's not do that. <laughs> so they just, Too hard basket. So then we get this strange <laughs> mask business. Yeah. yeah. You know, like where, yes. Oh, I don't know. I think maybe they should have stuck with the original idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is. There's, there's a famous Buster Keaton film. I can't remember what it is where he comes out of the screen a lot. Oh yeah, it's, oh, what's it called? I think the projectionist or something like that. Or, yeah, uh, yes, and he's sort of yeah traveling in that way. Mm. Um, very different from demons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> different kind of kind of uh, from, from demoni. <laughs> Actually, did you guys watch this? Um, I have to check. Did you watch it in English or Italian? Yeah, I watched it dubbed. It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> oh, really? That's how yeah. I watched it too. Because I, I, it was shot in English. Oh, oh was right. Because oh, I watched it with subtitles. No, like I knew this was going to come up. Um, and I think that's good in a way because you can give us a different, maybe a slightly different perspective. But because I think your instinct is right. Like normally I would be like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a 
bit of a purist when it comes to that sort of thing. I'm like, why the hell would I watch a dub when it's, you know, an Italian film? But this was shot in English and you can see people speaking English. And, uh, you know, I don't know, for some reason I've seen it in English a bunch of times and uh, I just don't think it's as important as, um, you know, uh, Fellini's Eight and a Half, you know, to be mm. watching in it- Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but you could because the lines in the, the dub is the best like the the, mm. the lines in the dubs are just great because i mean italy has has a different relationship with dubs like they uh you know for a very long time i don't know if they do it now but you know for the longest time they just dubbed their movies in post so the, all the movies that we love of theirs whether it's eight and a half or fistful of dollars or it doesn't really matter what we're talking about um, they were all dubbed, and you could just you you'd just see people's mouths not syncing up with the words <laughs> at all in Italian or whatever, and it, it's always given them this this weird edge. They're sort of like um, they don't really care, and what it's allowed them to do is to have people like Clint Eastwood in their movies, or you know, um, to sort of create uh, their attitude is it's it's a realm of imagination. It's like a shadow play. What's the difference? Yeah, I've always loved that about the Italians. You know what I mean? Like they, they just don't give a sh- they don't give a fuck. No, nah, they don't care. Whereas that friend you know who's like, oh, did you see uh, in the background there? Harrison Ford's mouth didn't match up with what he was saying. <laughs> that guy's different. He doesn't he doesn't understand about imagination. Okay? <laughs> the loser. Do you think that has something to do with the European market as well? That they could could essentially dub it in any sure. language. For Absolutely. different markets and stuff. Yeah. I just get the feeling that this is a very this film feels like an international film. Mm. Uh, it's um, you know, Italian film shot in Berlin. Uh, you know, with actors from all around, like that that very memorable uh, first zombie woman. Um, mm. She is like American, but her pimp is like Italian. <laughs> he, he apparently they said he couldn't speak English. I mean, to be frank with you, Lam- if there's any language learners listening to this, uh, don't fret because Lamberto Barber's English is whack. Okay, <laughs> come on, it's and the he, Dolby system. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that's my quote. I was going to talk about that quote. <laughs> What's the quote? Oh, the screams sound real. Come on, baby. It's the Dolby system. Great. Great stuff. I like that we both quoted it. Oh, and I, of course I wrote down snow in the valley. <laughs> when is that from? When they're in the car. Oh, uh, yes. With their that razor was, blade. That scene was hot. Yeah. Yeah, that was Even hot. though she, not so. You think she's a so dog? Hot. Dog. A little bit. Oh, I think she said she had an interesting look. Well, maybe mm. it's because she was up for it. Maybe the rule is if you're up for it, you go up a few points. She should have been out of gummo. That's how trash she looks. They all looked a bit NQR. Yeah. Wasn't it weird how he was snorting the Coke from a Coke can for yes. a straw? No, but they, 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 the filmmakers would have thought that that was really funny. They would have and gone, I did ha, enjoy ha, ha. it, so they were right. So, you know, they're like, oh, you're doing Coke in a Coke can. <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of Coke cans in this, in this film, I thought. Yes. What's, it's, yeah, it's the height of, of that 80, of Coke's dominance in the 80s, you know, like just ubiquitous. Coke machine was amazing. Yeah. Old school. Old school. Yeah. It was real old school. What I, I need to ask, what is the deal with the cinema, Usher? Did I miss something? Like, 
Was she a demon from the start or just a fucking weirdo? And you know what? I wrote down Astro would have been totally into her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because she's a ranger. The naughty, the naughty Usher who was like had big crazy hair and she was sort of she was in, in everyone she was in everyone's business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like like you're making out, she was like, you didn't know whether she hated it or she was into it or and then like <laughs> like she seemed she seemed a bit of a, like a bit of a headmistress. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then but then then there was a point where she just became part of the the rebel. Mm, yeah. I know. It's killed. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought she was gonna be like well, she works there, and um, presumably, if the blind guy's right, it's the cinema itself that is mm. cursed, perhaps. Uh, then she's sort of an agent of that, but yeah. we don't really get much beyond her her bizarreness. She was very Suspiria. Yeah. yeah you know what yeah. I mean? Like just someone who you just go like, well, everyone in Suspiria is like that. The, guy, the, <laughs> yeah. the piano guy, the, everyone yeah. who works at the ballet school, like they're all, so, like the, you know, she walks down the hallway and there's the person like chopping meat. And, and and they're everyone's bizarre. So she yeah. just felt like that. And, <laughs> and and also, is is the blind guy an Argento thing? I feel like it is. It seems to. Like, I know there's a blind guy in Suspiria, but there's blind guys in other films of his. Yeah, well, I guess it's the idea. I mean, it's it's just that old thing of the you know the blind prophet. You know, they want to they want to loving that loving all. But that. this blind guy didn't seem to know what was going on. <laughs> well, he certainly didn't know <laughs> that his niece was getting uh, railed. Railed yeah. by Italian George Costanza. <laughs> that is that's I love that, that the most. Yeah. I love I love it when like so, like some chick in a movie is just like getting hot and heavy with just a disgusting guy who looks like he's doing your taxes. And, that's exactly right. And you just go like AJ. What, that, that, when you see that, do you do you see it just as like just the contempt from the filmmakers? Is it them just saying, "This is what I think"? <laughs> what I was just confused. She was really attractive, but it doesn't have to be you know Channing Tatum. No, but come on, this guy was like a friend of the producers. He was a roach. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that but so that was the whole thing. It was like. They like the joke of the cinema of the of the well. I think it's not a joke because I think blind people do go to the cinema, but they they they're like, oh yes, the blind guy going to the cinema with his niece because they see says my niece or something. Oh really? Because yeah. I thought it was his wife initially. I just I thought, to, yeah. I had to piece this together, you know. <laughs> and um and then there is something great about like the guys just sitting down next to uh the the niece you know, the gross guy, and then this is macking on straight away and then they go up the back and, and really get hot and he's like, and he's calling out for her and they're just getting hot and then the demon comes out and puts a rope between them and like ties them together and they're going, Whoa! and they're doing like tongue-waggling blood gushing over each other going, was it epic? And you just go, oh my God. So that that was a sort of a a, a narrative, like a micro-narrative, you know, or, or, or that, that um, you know, of, of sort of, Gross love <laughs> that that ends in like a blood orgy. Yeah, because then then he gets um uh thrown off and and hung the the guy. You know mm. that's quite a that's quite uh, quite an image. Well deserved too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, the the cinema is quite impressive itself. Like that, it was shot in an old disused cinema on the outskirts of Rome uh, that was actually being wrecked. 
uh, and it was going to be turned into a new shopping mall development and they could basically do whatever they wanted in there, which is, which is cool. I mean, it seems like they did whatever they wanted. They, you know, tore up all Apparently, the seats. And... it's a bank now. Oh. oh, really? Yeah, they say that in the commentary. But, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful building and it mm. makes you long for, you know, just, just that, again, that collective experience of going to the movies, but also there's nothing quite like going into the, to the movies in a great old cinema, you mm. know, and I uh, used to do that a lot when I first moved to Melbourne, go to, go to the, uh, the Astor cinema there, mm. uh, which, uh, you know, had its, the last of its golden era, you know, they'd play the, these beautiful old movies and, uh, you know, just great art deco interior and, um, you know, big, big staircase, like, you know, the shining style bathroom and, and whatnot. Yeah. So, well, I think, I think the exterior still exists though. Like the actual Berlin cinema that, that oh, was, wow. was the exterior. Ah, uh, yes. But the interior was shot in a, in a cinema. Oh, yes. so. Okay. That makes sense. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you can still see it. I, I don't know if it's still a cinema, but, but the building still stands in Berlin. I thought that the that the Berlin thing was interesting, you know. Like, what, what I was had so many questions initially. I got some answers along the way, but but initially I was like, why is like Germany sort of Argento's badlands? Like, why do like because I don't know. I'm a colonial, know nothing, so I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything about Europe, really. I did like yeah. Europe though, but I do, but I don't, don't when I went there, but I don't know anything about it. So I don't know what the relationship between Italy and Germany is like, and what I guess they say on the um, because Suspiria is set in Germany too, so you know it's not it's not just a a one off. Now they talk about this movie being set in uh, in Germany for a couple of reasons. One, they say it's the it's the sort of the birth of horror cinema is in Germany. Um, so I, and, that, and that is true. So sort of uh, Caligari and whatnot, all the German expressionist films. But uh, this is more compelling. They say that like it was it was sort of a rebuilt city, you know, and uh, in Berlin and and very um, to them very cold and uh, and you know I guess it, it 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 has a different feeling. Like it's it's an, it's a very new city, I would mm, imagine. Yeah, and quite built up. I mean, yeah. yeah um, uh, Ricky, have you been to Berlin? No, I haven't been to Berlin, unfortunately. I've, I've been to Germany, but not to Berlin. Yeah, I think uh, I think because it got the shit bombed out of it in World War II that, that there doesn't really exist the old hundreds of year old sort of buildings that you see in other parts of Rome, other parts of Europe and in Rome and places like that. But um, I did read that Argento liked the fakeness of it. He reckoned the newly built up city gave it a fakeness and an, an added dimension, he says. So um, I don't know whether we see enough of the city to get an, an idea of that, but I guess. It gives me a good feeling though. I love, I love those exteriors. I don't, I don't mm. know what it is. It's a, maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a child of, of the eighties. And, uh, and so, you know, to me seeing those streets and all those signs and neon and, 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 and in that international city is, is very exciting, you know, and it's a, and it's a, it's quite a, looks quite alive. Like yeah, I, I thought understand. that was cool. Yeah. And you wouldn't get that in a lot of other movies, like to break it up like that. I felt like, yeah, it was it really added something, something mm. and, and I guess they needed something as well to no cut, shit. cut away from <laughs> <laughs> how much how much green ooze and slime can you deal with? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to cut away and watch that that chick with the blonde hair get, you know, lightly menaced. <laughs> With co- with co- cocaine between her titties. <laughs> well, there's the the, the 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 film they're actually watching on screen. There's that bit where she's with the blonde chicks trapped in the uh, in the tent, and the killer's like ripping the knife through the tent. And the, just the way she's lying there screaming, mm. it's like she's just about to get nailed. Like she's not <laughs> she's not like she hasn't jammed herself right against the opposite side of the tent, and she's not in any sort of defensive stance at all. No. But that's why these, again, we're talking about sort of the thing that attracts us to these, these Argento movies uh, and these, these reinterpret, because it's, this is a reinterpretation of sort of an, other, an American genre or whatever, you know. So that they, they're so weird and wonderful. We love, that's why we love their, their, their Westerns is because they, they don't resemble, they're, they're more than the American ones. You know, and they're they're weird and wonderful, and the, these horror movies are the same. There's there's just strange cho- choices <laughs> yeah. at every turn, like yeah. castings bizarre. Um, you know, uh, the 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 acting's bizarre, yeah. and it's like you know, it's it's them. But you 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 get a sense, no, but it's all there's this confidence with the way they've written and directed it as well. They don't care about. Um, what people think, even the commentary. You got to listen to the commentary. There's like a there's like a a reviewer guy or whatever, and um, Lamberto Barba and, and a bunch of other people, the FX, VFX guy. The, the way they're all talking is such a great example of the way Europe is different. They don't give a fuck <laughs> about anything. They say stuff like, uh, you know, they, they they'll say stuff like, uh, oh, one guy goes about that that zomb- the main zombie lady he goes oh the black one yes yes oh yes she looks like a porno star, like <laughs> <a> porno star. <laughs> and you just <laughs> and you just go you guys don't care do you they're just so confident you know they're not they're untouched and yeah. i think they 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 were and always will be untouched by uh you know whatever's going on in america right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you think the first demon looked a lot like old greg <laughs> yes. I'm old Greg. It's the That's hair. amazing. Because old Greg's got the from uh, the Bush, Mighty, Mighty Bush. Bush. Yeah, the Mighty Bush. That has yeah. to be in our, the promos, side by side. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. It did look like old Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they, they both look like Rick James. Maybe that's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Again, the hair. The hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't initially even clock that that the the black guy was a pimp and he had two prostitutes with him because they're just you know the way they're dressed is just like walk walk down the middle of Fitzroy you know on a on a Saturday <laughs> night when it's not pandemic times and you'll see all sorts of weird weird get up you know so I just thought oh it's just you know a couple of weirdos you know <laughs> a couple of freaks and, and to geeks. Be fair, most people were pretty weird in the in the cinema. <laughs> well, the, 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 what did you so? What did you think of the two preppy guys? Were they the, on the AJ hotness oh, scale? Jo- George they? and Ken. George and Ken. George and Ken. George is our main guy. Ken yeah. is number two with the with the jumper over the shoulders. They saw an opportunity. They went for it, and it paid off. Yeah, like, <laughs> like good businessmen. <laughs> did you think they were attractive men? Um, they were bad. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought Ken was a bit of a creepo. He, he's the guy that says it's the Dolby system. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, he, he go he, like, George is just coincidentally sat next to Cheryl. Mm. But Ken's the one that goes for the big move. He, like, gets up out of his chair, moves next to uh, Kathy, you know, Cheryl's um, frigid friend, mm. and, uh, and really goes for it, you know? Mm. Yeah, but Italian blokes don't give a fuck. Nah. Like they they say what they they feel, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. You're totally right. I think, and they're uh, aggressive don't... too. They aggressively pursue women. And something makes me think that a lot of the women kind of like it. Oh. Well, we can get a poll perhaps on that. Maybe we can get back to us on Ricky's um, cultural insights <laughs> in Italy. <laughs> the pimp, by the way, has all the best lines. Definitely. So there's one little throwaway line when he goes, he sees the chick on the stage, like the, the, the one who said he slashed up, and he says, Would you get out of my way? Holy shit, she's a friend of mine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But the best line of all is this one. He he goes, he goes, she's right. She put on that mask and scratched herself. Get it? Because of that scratch, she became a demon, an instrument of evil. Like they said in that damn movie. You heard him. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's saying way too much. much. Like he's saying what, what he's basically being the scriptwriter. He's like, you know what I mean? Like, where did he get the 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 word demon from? Like that <laughs> exactly. Like we don't know what these things are, but he's like she became a demon like, <laughs> from like, like from the movie we're watching. Like the mask didn't give it away. Yeah, that's right. No, but he, he's even angry as well. He's like, you know, she put on that mask and scratched herself. Get it? <laughs> because of that scratch, she became a demon. An instrument of evil. I think that second part instrument appears twice in the movie, I think. Right. It was good. If you enjoy what we do here on the New Flesh podcast, there are a number of ways you can contribute to the success of the show. Consider supporting us financially by becoming a Patreon member and donating monthly or yearly. Alternatively, you can donate money through the Buy Me A Copy platform. If you're strapped for cash at the moment, there are other ways to support The New Flesh. You can give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. These really do help others find our show and help spread the word. Or you can just simply tell your friends about us. Back to the show. What, what did you think of the ending? Like, I, I love the apoc- apocalyptic ending, but I was a bit disappointed that the chick got killed at the end and not the, not the bloke. Oh. You know, that Cheryl got it. Is that because you're a pig or? <laughs> well... I think it comes comes back to that final girl thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. But that's why these movies are special, I guess, is because they really don't care and like they are that 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 that's a big move. Like to to like the the, the rules are and this was really successful, this movie. So this movie uh in many ways broke all the rules. Like like it was just like, you know, here's this person you've been it, in in that way, it's true to itself as well. It 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 ends in a re- in a really rock and roll way, like mm. it doesn't really care about um, what's come before, and uh, yeah, it's just like always pushing it. Like you know, of course, you want the hot girl to live. We always want the hot girl to live. <laughs> but, but this uh, this was just like nah, 
the the ending, the feeling of the ending reminds me a lot of a a film that that you and I both like called The Beyond. Ah, oh, yes. Which which ends with like the the two leads just they they end up in this sort of wasteland, half, yeah, wasteland realm, sort of in between the afterlife and life, you know, and, and they're just aimlessly walking around in this sort of weird smoky wasteland and that's how it ends. Like they're yes. just forever trapped in this no man's land. Another lunatic, Lucio Fulci, just another <laughs> absolute lunatic, you know. So, But these these Italian horror films, they, they, they don't mind being sexy, which is something that, that as we know, the American ones shy away from because no, no, they, no. they find, you know, <laughs> The, the the sex and the violence together is too much for them. Yeah, whereas, I mean, Argento's proven he'll go right to the, he'll just say, he'll even put his daughter on display for you. <laughs> he'll go, I don't care. Here you go. Look at us, yeah. We all will. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, look, it's, um, yeah. I, I, Argento, he's, I, I feel like, you know, this is definitely one of, one of the best of his canon, I think. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, uh, you know, not to say it's the best thing Lamberto Barber, the director, has ever done. That's for sure. I've seen his other stuff, and some most of it's incomprehensible. This at least hangs together. It looks good. It sounds good. Um, you know, it, it's a real, uh, real ride. You know, and Argento. You know, I think this is definitely up there with, with the best of his. In ter- you know, do, do you think it's the most commercial of his? Yeah, maybe, but well, it's very late though. I guess well, it's middle middle career. It's eighty, so it's the same year of maybe or thereabouts as Phenomena with Jennifer Connelly. Uh, so it's and that it's, did quite well. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's a real it's 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 a real transformation because it's very different to Suspiria and Profondo Rosso, the early stuff, you know, or the very early stuff, Blood and Black Lace or whatever. Oh, what did he do, Blood and Black Lace? No, he did a different. One. So uh, uh, anyway, it's it's definitely his. It's really polished, and and he's he's grown and changed, and sort of like we've shifted away from, you know, that uh, the sound of Suspiria into this, you know, this this heavy metal yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Like like and 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 which is an interesting pivot, you know. And I think it's he's totally in touch with everyone has their moment, you know. And I feel like in the eighties, like he was in touch with, you know, well, well, she which it's Sheila's era really, and she she was sort of. Uh, the target market in a way, and and I guess this, these movies like Phenomena and Demons really are, are, are totally um, of the minute. You know, totally MTV generation, all that all that heavy metal, and really plugged in. Would have been seen as a package for, from an outsider and uh, their their parents. They just would have been terrified. The parents they would have just been going, "What the fuck is this? This is the most demonic." Mm. film i've ever seen it's disgusting it's it's horrific um (laughs) like the music is because i mean that that older generation you know the parents of of the gen x's they were horrified by just by rock and roll by by Mm. heavy metal like that they thought that that was satanic in and of itself so whereas this these movies really revel in it you know and we get that 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 scene which i mentioned which i think sums up the whole movie which is uh george riding with cheryl on the back of a motorcycle he's wielding a samurai sword and we get that that heavy metal um track going as he's slashing up uh the demons and, and we've got all these you know sort of colorful lights and there's demons like literally like launching themselves yeah like across amazing. the screen 
I call this, you know, <laughs> this is this is this is when movies do that special thing, um, cinegasm. <laughs> you know, just comes together in this way that you just go, oh my god, like I can't put into words what's happening right now. You know. <laughs> Uh, I've got a nice little snippet here from Argento. So he felt the demons reflected the hysteria that he felt was present in the youth at the time. And he says, uh, I wanted the on-screen violence to affect the audience badly. As I traveled around Europe, I feel a tension, not only in film, but in music and on a street level too. Something is happening. Exactly what I don't know. Perhaps a new era of protest and rebellion. This nervous energy uh, is on the screen in Demons as the nightmare proportions of the plot escalate. If you escape from a nightmare, you are certain everything's okay. Here it's not quite like that. When you escape, it's worse. Yeah, well, what does he think about um, the new revolution? Does he think the new one's good? Does he think that the cultural revolution is happening now is good? <laughs> it's checked out. I don't know. I think I think he's pretty out of touch, probably. He's out of touch. But it's we'll different. It. It's different in like France and and Italy. Like they don't give a sh- they don't give a shit about all this work stuff. Like no, you know. I, I think don't. they're they're a little bit shielded from it. Yeah. Well, it really is an American export. Mm. You know, and um, now we're all on campus now, as they say. Yeah. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting that he's that he's you know. But then again, he can't. He's never been good at putting into words uh, what is going on in his films and or why he's doing yeah, it. And that's right. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, re- I'm listening to that and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it means. <laughs> exactly. And well, that's like the first time I saw Suspiria. It came with a uh, like a to camera uh, introduction from Argento, hmm. and I remember thinking, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> And like I, I didn't know anything about Argento or his films or whatever, and because he looks like a really strange dude as well, like physically, he's really strange looking. And I was just like, right. what the "Fuck, who is this guy?" It's powerful though, isn't it? <laughs> just be, just to be able to say mad shit, do yeah. mad shit on cinema, and get away with it. That's right. Like it was successful. Oh, totally. And he did it more so, than once. Like, he's, yeah, like, just it's totally, amazing. It's totally worked. You know, <laughs> he's made some unforgivable turkeys. <laughs> like, and he d- doesn't care. Actually, Ricky, I want you to tell me the story about um, your trip to Rome. Oh yes, I went to uh, yeah, I went to Rome on a, on a holiday. Well, a big European trip, but I went to Rome. And there's a um, there's a museum slash I guess memorabilia shop called Profondo Rosso, which is uh, like an homage to. Uh, to Argento, and the guy who runs it's a guy called Luigi Cosi. It's owned by Argento. It's owned by Argento, yeah, and it's what? run by a guy called <laughs> Luigi Cosi, and uh, he was a producer on a bunch of Argento films, and um, so yeah, I, I I went there like on a on a Sunday, thinking I'd be able to get in, and he was there. Cosi was there meeting another guy. They were talking about scripts or something. Like I just walked in, and he just kind of looked at me really weird. He's like, "We're closed." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Will you be open tomorrow?" And so we came back and. Anyway, so I came back and I talked to him about, you know, about a few things and, you know, said how much I loved um, Jalo films and I was from Australia. And he's like, ah, yes, some people, they make a pilgrimage to Rome to see the Colosseum. Others come to Profondo Rosso. And he's like, would you like to see the museum downstairs? I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. And he's like, that'll be three euro. It's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you go down and it's like this totally like, like shitty ghost train. 
thing like without <laughs> without the train either, right? you just walk through it's not big no and it's got props and stuff from various films like phenomena and um Suspiria and stuff like that and just lights that you know like colorful lights that get glow and uh you know sound effects that are triggered when you walk past and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> but it's billed as this amazing museum to Argento and it's just it's just as shitty as some of. Is it sort of pushing the word museum to its limits? <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, I for tax purposes. Yeah, yeah, that'd be more realistic. Yeah. On, yeah. So, on your recommendation, when I went to Rome, yeah, uh, I went to Profondo Rosso. <laughs> yeah. And I went in there, and thankfully the museum was closed. Oh. So I didn't get to go, but. <laughs> I went in there and, you know, because I used to be really into all this particular genre and, and for various reasons. Uh, and I said, and obviously I love the best of it now, even still, and I'll defend all of that. And, you know, I think it, it is what, it, it, you know, the greats are, are great and, and everything like that. But I went in there and it was a, it was a big experience because, like, I walked so far. We were staying um, sort of relatively near the Colosseum. Mm. And we walked all, you know, I walked all the way there. We didn't want to catch taxis because... Now I'm sorry. Look, I'm sure it's miles there are... away from the Coliseum. It is, but like we were already on a big trip, and like you know, I anyway. It took me ages to get there, and um, I didn't want to catch a taxi because like, I, I why is everyone <laughs> got to be such a scammer in in, in Rome? Yeah, why so much scams? You know what I Not mean? Not appreciate the shakedown. Oh, the, the, the taxis are ridiculous. They basically, you know, rob you on the street like before you get into the taxi. <laughs> anyway, so I went there and it was it was so depressing. Like I just went in there and there was some BBW with black hair behind the counter, like going out for a fag every now and then. And it was just like, it was so depressing. I was just like, yeah, I've got to knock all this on the head. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I was like, I was like, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just gonna go to the Trevi Fountain or something, yeah, you know, yeah. like check out some, some, go else. see the Pantheon. Yeah, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> like whereas this was, just, I think, Cosy should tell people to go to the Pantheon instead. Yeah, he should yeah. say, don't go to the shitty museum. And, and isn't it just so crammed with every Garbage. shitty piece of horror memory, even stuff that's not Argento's? Like, even stuff that's you know. like just like, a, like there'll be like just a scarecrow mask. Well, yeah, like, or, or, or there'll be, you know, there'll be Nightmare on Elm Street stuff and there'll be. Oh, no, but there'll be like, there'll be a witch costume. Yes, oh. yeah, yeah, like the shittiest of shitty stuff. The yeah. worst sort of $2 store stuff as well. This uh, sounds terrible. No, <laughs> okay, it was not good. Like it was really bad, you know. So it sort of like gave me, because you know you know me, I, when I, the worst thing I can report when I go through, when I do some of these things is come back to you and say I had like an existential moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And this was one of those times where I was like, oh, my God, like I felt like I was dying and I was like, okay. This is <laughs> you know? Um, dreams were shattered. No, it wasn't good. And, uh, <laughs> you know, because, well, it's so disappointing because Rome is, no one warned me that Rome was going to not be very good. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and it's such a shame because the art from previous eras, in particularly cinema, like, like the Italians in the mid-20th century owned like cinema. Like they, 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 it was just unparalleled, you know, art. And it's such a shame that, you know, there's such 
shittiness mm. going on yeah. there. <laughs> you came back so disappointed. <laughs> I was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. You know. So, but I hear that other parts of the country are, are, are better, you know. Yeah, I, I, I really dug Florence. Mm. Yeah. Yes, people talk about Florence. Mm. I, um, I went to Venice. I, actually, I, 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 I really recommend Venice. Mm. And particularly, to bring it back to Argento, particularly because so much, there's, there's a bunch of giallo films, those Italian horror films that are sort of set in Venice or they do parts of them in Venice. And so, you know, when you go there, it was totally worth it. In fact, the people who didn't warn me about Rome all told me not to go to Venice. Oh. They were totally wrong. Like these are, <laughs> what's wrong with these people? Like <laughs> oh, there's there's scam stores in Venice, but at the same, just don't go to the scam stores. Just go, just walk around and look at it's fucking amazing. It's a city built like on sand, like in the middle of the ocean. Like it's yeah. it's amazing. And it's like there's like no trees and <laughs> it's like a city of death. You know, and I don't know. It was glorious. It was glorious, and so um, you know, I mean, it was unfortunate that Katie caught um, coronavirus there, but you know, that yeah. it was fresh from Wuhan as well. Yeah, you you got the good the early stuff. I, oh, mate, I I got um, I was there on the ground floor. I got the real stuff. This shit that they're talking about now is is old hat. Okay, <laughs> I I I got the the the, the pure junk. <laughs> and um, I remember uh, Katie and I went on a, on a walking tour in um, uh, Rome, and uh, I was you know really fascinated by this this tour. And uh, it was late at night. The guy it just went on and on, and I was like wanting to stay out. And she had coronavirus. I didn't know we didn't have a name for it at that point. Mm. Um, and uh, she was dying like in front of my like just going, oh my god, I need to go home. And I was like really angry at her. I was like, just let's push on. The longer this is really interesting, you know. <laughs> yes. so I forced her to stay out until she almost um, fell over. <laughs> and then when I caught it off her, uh, I I felt very bad that I'd made her stay out. <laughs> Fuck. And yeah. you guys spread it far and wide. Yeah, I took it to Osaka, unfortunately. <laughs> And it was like that scene in Outbreak in the cinema. <laughs> so, anyway, that's my trip to Rome. Uh, and uh, <laughs> but yes, Profondo Rosso, it's not good. So we haven't given people a very good advertisement for Profondo Rosso the store. No, um, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> but if you're from Australia, I recommend going there, going to uh, Rome, and instead just going to get some of their cold flu tablets um, <laughs> with pseudoephedrine in them. <laughs> they're like they've got stuff in them that we don't we don't we're not allowed to have you know yeah and uh, it was good you know the good stuff so just do that instead yeah so uh, oh yeah the music we talk about the music Simon Eddy Simon Eddy mm. Claudio Simon Eddy yeah well we saw him play with Goblin a few years ago he he did a he came here what was it for the festival did he come here for the Melbourne International Film Festival yeah I think so. Yeah, they had a they had a concert where they just kind of played the hits, but then they did a live on the biggest organ in the southern hemisphere. That's right. Yeah, the Melbourne Town Hall organ, which is so big, it has a bathroom inside of it. <laughs> really? <laughs> it does. Wow. Yeah, so if your organist needs to take a piss, he actually goes inside the organ to do that. That's amazing. Yeah. 
so yeah, he, he played on that, and um, the the concert was pretty good. But but the 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 real treat was that he and the gang uh, played the soundtrack for Suspiria live to the film, which was better than than the soundtrack that exists on on the actual film. Yes. It was really good. No, it was a it was a real experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Simon Eddy, he's he's collaborated with Argento on on stacks of his films and took took the horror soundtrack genre in a different direction. You know, he comes from a sort of a prog rock background, sort of like a fusion jazz background and um yeah, really steered it away from cuz prior to that I think Morricone did a couple of the early Argento films and then since then, it's been Simon Eddy all the way, I think. Um, but yeah, t- more of the rock, the rock influence, which gives it that um, org- orgiastic sound to it. You know, it was really cool. It's really it more thrilling than and driving, yeah, mm. rather than scary. You know, like really gets yeah. you going. You know? yeah, yeah, that's right. And and his band Goblin, you know, they're they're famous around the world for the soundtracks that they've done. They. they done mostly soundtracks it's kind of all they've they've done um because i think they started out as as a straight band called i think they're called cherry five i think if that's correct which is a shitty name <laughs> um, it's not good and it's then terrible. They, and then they became goblin well they were probably cherry five like sort of the tail end of disco or something isn't it? yeah or, or even because i'd say probably late 60s early 70s so oh, it's right. a throwback to that um but yeah then they became goblin and just did spooky rock soundtracks for Argento films and um yeah it's good I love it yeah check out Goblin it's good. and and paired with um these these other tracks we even get um Go West We Close Our Eyes mm. in this yeah. which is nice and uh, Billy Idol and Motley Crue mm. yeah you know they've really made a statement because though these the bands are listed at the beginning yeah mm, they are. yeah so I was pumped from the get-go yeah it's interesting mm. films don't really do that do they make such a big deal about no. songs do they no um i think this is yeah this has got one of one of the more epic soundtracks like last american virgin i think saturday night fever does that it has like it lists the songs at the start maybe is that oh, right? maybe oh because yeah it's been too long since i've seen it but i think the mm. bg's got a big shout out oh, yeah, yeah i think so yeah but yeah they make a big deal of it in the uh in the trailer as well yeah well i guess it's just it's that generation they're like because you couldn't imagine it being in the 70s you couldn't imagine that would be something that, to get that to get young people in but that really is one of the things i think that maybe it it becomes an, an, an experience you know you go to the go to the theater have like this 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 vivid you know slime and blood soaked rock show experience mm. you know yeah um, I kind of want this back a little bit, like you know, like like it's. Uh, I, I love the idea, just like I did with the Friday Third. I love the idea of, of teens going to these movies and and you know, sort of having these these um, cathartic experiences, you know, mm. as opposed to going and watching the fucking Infinity Gauntlet being put together <laughs> by that purple idiot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why are they watching the childish shit? Yeah, <laughs> I know. And that's all that's available. It is. I think the closest I've ever come to, like, going with a whole bunch of friends to see something like Friday the 13th or, you know, films like that was sort of the Blair Witch Project. <gasps> Me too. A bunch of friends. Amazing. And, and that was a similar experience where, where we were all freaking each other out. And, mm. um, yeah, I haven't seen that film for the longest time. I think I only saw it at the cinema once and that was it. I remember seeing the sequel... On DVD. The Book oh, of Shadows. Yeah. Which was a totally different film. 
directed by um, the Paradise Lost guy. Jerry really? Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't know that. So mm. there you go. Well, I've got a nice quote here from my, I've actually owned an Argento book here called Profondo Argento. Did, did you get that from Profondo Rosso? No, I didn't actually. I got this in France, <laughs> Okay. strangely enough, because they, they, I, I just happened to walk into this, bump into this amazing cinema bookstore there in, in France and saw this one and it, it took my fancy. But um, this was originally a review published in Starburst. Um, it says, Demons is packed full of grisly inventive deaths, shock twists and turns, visual references to both Argento and Barber's auspicious heritage, and telling statements about the relationship, relationship between cinematic violence and its core audience. The masterstroke here, of course, is in using an actual cinema environment. Its double fiction element allows Argento and Barber free reign to delve into the movie buff's collective subconscious and mine every paranoid fear for all it's worth. Sitting in a cinema balcony will never be the same again. Mm. Yeah, that was a very favourable review and contrast that with uh, this one here from Kim Newman in Sight and Sound. She concluded that uh, it's a he. It's a he. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's gendered. Oh. Microaggression. They they concluded <laughs> that both Demons and its sequel were chaotic, inconsistent, blithely indifferent to storytelling, and as prone to cack-handed, unintentional comedy as gross-out horror. These are guilty pleasures, but their de- demented glee makes them aptly ideal party horror movies. Yeah, this that guy is a famous cinema curmudgeon. Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's one of these- I, I feel like both reviews are accurate, though. Like, like you put them both together, and that's the film. You know, the truth is somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you, 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 you know, there are some people who've got the t- the demons t shirt on, who will tell you <laughs> that this movie, like that, the script is really good, <laughs> um, Jesus and that the, uh, the dialogue's great, and the message is <laughs> is sound. And then there are other people who will say it's the worst movie ever, but you know the VFX are really good. So I think if you like sort of put it all together, yeah, you can you can actually go, yes, I think I can see what this movie actually is. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So do we, do we have any Me Too crimes in this one? Yeah, oh. I, we do, we do. So what we have is uh, a range of range of uh, issues to cover. Preppy sex pests rewarded. So mm. when George rescues Cheryl's um, Coke from the Coke vending machine, he says, sometimes all it takes is the right touch. Okay. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll translate. He means a pussy. Okay. So um, <laughs> she smiled. She smiled because he's saying, he's saying, um, I'm going to touch you on the pussy and I don't care <laughs> whether you whether you want it or not. <laughs> so that's that's what he's saying. I'm here to guide you through this. So next up, uh, horror movie triggers heteronormative coupling. So the pure-hearted couple, they're getting hot and heavy together. That's the one that the usher, usher, usherette uh, uh, sort of catch in the act, catches in the act. Uh, George and our preppy, uh, um, George, our, our preppy sex pest, um, makes massive gains with uh, Cheryl. He's grooming her, okay? It's as bad as anything you've heard, really. So, you know, all I can say is get on your pussy hats and hit the streets because George is coming for you next. (laughs) Uh, Naughty niece nailed. So uh, blind man's niece is a horny little coos who leaves her disabled uncle to have sex with her lover in the stalls. I mean, I think that speaks for itself. 
doesn't it? Yeah, and he's gross. <laughs> and he's gross. I don't know what the look, I'm not quite sure what the rules are when he's gross. Like, you know, if he's hot, is that is that a bigger crime than he's gross? I don't know. You know, either way, it's patriarchal, is 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 what I'm saying. Um, it's not good. Uh next up, Nina likes it rough. So Street tough girl gets a razor blade dragged lightly across her breast, triggering weird chubbies, um, <laughs> which, which, as we've discussed, is a big no-no. <laughs> big, big no-no. Uh, finally, there was no LGBT representation in this movie, no non-binary people, no queers or anything. So not one. You know, not one demon had a lady dick. You know, they, there was horns and slime, but there was not one uh, man pussy or lady dick. And as we know, you know, all eras must conform to the rules we made up three minutes ago. So this movie is uh, damned, damned and disgusting. But uh, on the Me Too scale, what would we rate this out of 10? I reckon it's middle of the road. Yeah. Don't you think? Mm. I'm giving it five, probably. I feel like it's sort of around the five. Heading towards six, I can see where you because get there's six. there's no one really there's no hero that we're gunning for that hard that mm. is a sex pest. You know? Like I think I think Mahoney in is worse. Like <laughs> like because he's charming and great, and you go oh he's great, and then he's just you know telling people to oh he's like you know going up behind Kim Cattrall and sort of like humiliating her and trying to get her into bed and stuff, and that's worse because you're sort of like oh I want to be Mahoney. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas in this movie, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't you want to be the three guys in the car. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's that's the me too scale. What you don't want to be Tony the pimp? Ah, uh, well, I liked Tony. He was all right. He he turned out to be quite heroic. Hmm. You know, I mean, that's the thing. He's a businessman. He's assertive. <laughs> you know, so he knew what he was doing. Good with his hands. So. Uh, so that's the Me Too scale. Uh, anything else to report on demons? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I think the reason we're, we're, you know, is because it's sort of, you know, I think this is the natural end to our spooktacular. You know, I think we can recommend this film, but at the end of the day, there are, you know, there's only so far we can we can push this, you know. It's uh, true. It is. You should just watch it or, or don't. Or don't, yeah. <laughs> or don't. Either <laughs> way, you just, just live your life. Yeah. Just, uh, do, 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 just watch it or do something else. <laughs> and if you watch it, watch it with the English dub. Is that right? I would recommend the English dub, okay. definitely. Don't do definitely. what I did. No, well, you let your uh, snobbery get to you and you were like, oh, I will only watch it in its original <laughs> language. <laughs> yes. All right. So final thought. Okay. Demons. A disgusting, deranged date movie will definitely deliver sexual intercourse <laughs> to you. To you, because you watch it with someone and they'll fuck you. You get it? <laughs> I like it. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a bit of circuitous, but you know, I'm trying to give you all the information you need. Anyway, Ooh. all right. Moving on from our spectacular, spooktacular, spectacular, spooktacular. Uh, next week, I think we're gonna we're gonna go where we belong. Uh, to the films of Joe Esther House. I feel like we should start with Sliver. Yeah. Great. What do you think? Go to Sliver? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sharon Stone, Sliver. That's what we'll do next week. Are we doing Showgirls? Definitely. We'll build up to Showgirls. Ooh. And AJ, you haven't seen Showgirls? No. Oh, I can't wait till you see this movie. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be your favourite movie. Really? I think, I think so. it could be. I'm excited. 
Mm. All right. Well, we said what we said. Yep. 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 I'm good. I did use the word coos. Which you did, hear. and oh, I loved it. <laughs> don't hear a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when they go over these tapes, like the Nixon tapes, oh. that that one will come back to haunt me. <laughs> you said the word pussy a lot too. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't go out much today. <laughs> so, pussy on the happens. brain. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I'll just have to. No, I, I'm unapologetic. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. He means they're pussy. I'm going to touch you on the pussy. Get on your pussy hat. Man pussy. Pussy on the brain. I'm old Greg.